Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. We have our usual George Weedman, Jimmy Belikoff, and Matt Visual in here, along with a uh, recurring guest you may know and remember. Uh, we have Forrest Lee, a.k.a. First, writer and editor for Game Theory and Did You Know Gaming in here, who has just now started a uh, new retrospective mini-documentary series of his own. How are you doing, um, I'm great, gentlemen man. and gentlemen? I'm doing good. <sighs> That's good. That's good. That's I, a good a good thing to be doing. Aside from the fact that it's uh, literally 1,200 degrees Celsius outside my apartment mm. right now, um, <clears throat> I'm doing okay. Are we? Are we yeah. all? I think all three of us actually are in places where we should be rocking the full fan. Yeah, yeah. I had to I, turn I, everything off for this recording, though. Yep. So. I, just, I cranked no, my I AC doing super that hard. I cranked my AC <laughs> super hard for uh, for about twenty minutes before, uh, and I got my apartment down to eighty-one degrees right now. So, oh, congratulations! Wow. That's so yeah. low. Really basking in the cool breeze right now. Um, <laughs> My AC broke. That's 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 only. And I'm on the second floor, so. <laughs> oh boy. That's, that's it's good. Uh-oh. It's good. It's. I mean, I have the fan right on me, man. It is touching me. Okay. So wait, how does it work? Does cool air rise or fall? Rise. Uh, okay. Oh, no, no, so, no, no, cool, no, no. Air, no, no. Heat rises. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no. So actually, you're in the hotter of the two stories. Yes. Yes. But you really have fans. Hot. Like you can feel it walking up the stairs. It's great. Yeah. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Also. Like I don't, I probably don't have it nearly as bad as you because my AC was working and like I have all the shades closed, but for some reason, one of the windows in the room that I'm currently in, uh, the shades are just the same as every other shades, but for some reason that window lets in so much more heat. Just for like the little hallway between this room and like or my living room, you you walk through that like five foot span and you feel a, like a noticeable temperature change just right you there. Think maybe the like window ceiling or insulation is like starting to peel i I think it's all to do with the sun position on it because all this stuff is renovated recently so um that sucks yeah it's just weird that it's like that one spot i have another bigger window literally right next to me and doesn't get hot so here on the tovg uh podcast we like to talk about weather and home improvement (laughs) yeah i just spilled coffee all over myself oh no i hope it was cold coffee uh, go wash that right now. It was lukewarm. No, no, I gotta mm. keep us going. Um, so, well, we have uh, Forrest in here for the first time in, in a few weeks. Although you're on here occasionally. Yeah. But um, uh, you yeah. started a, a new video um, series that, that I assume is, is going to become a series of little, like, retrospective <clears throat> mini-documentaries. The first one being about the uh, the red and blue editions of Pokemon. Little um mm. little little history Indeed. lesson. Yeah. So, so what else... What have you been up to this week that might have, like, contributed towards this thing? Basically, did you play a lot of Pokemon this week? <laughs> no, actually, uh, I wrote that all the way back in February. February. Really? You've been sitting and, on it yeah, that long? Yeah, it's it's a whole long story that I'd, I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, no, the short answer is no. I got my friend, a.k.a. Slave Boy, to record all that footage. That Uh-oh. was nice. Well, well, now we're learning all sorts of interesting things about your um, behind the scenes, your your workflow, quote unquote workflow. Nah, I, I spent today. I, I spent this week playing Hearthstone. Ooh. That's what I did. I actually, I think I saw you tweeting a little bit about that, yeah, uh, which was a confirmation of my fears of getting into Hearthstone any time yeah. other than the first week that it was released. Hearthstone, the much. Pokemon of the 2010s. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah it's. I, 
it's I, you I can't. Wanna, oh, it's yeah, so <laughs> bad. It's so bad getting into it now because I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars to catch up. Yeah. So I'm playing with these shitty pre-made decks, and people are dropping out like these amazing cards, like turn three that I have yeah. nothing to counter. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot like playing Magic: The Gathering if you just buy a pre-made deck and you don't yeah. like take the time to buy like a shit ton of booster packs. It's just like. Well, I let's see. Turn four, I have two mana now, feeling pretty good. And then they're like, "So I'm just gonna bring out this seven seven who also has trample and fear. And if you play a monster, he eats them and gets three three. And you're like, I can't, I can't. Uh, no, this, no, this he's one just, guy. He's just building character for you. Right. This one guy I I played against, like brought out this beast. I, f- I forget its name. Mm-hmm. But like every time it takes damage, it doubles its its attack. Good. And it starts out with like seven, mm-hmm. and you you only have thirty health. Yep. So like, within like three turns, it'll kill you. Yeah, and I'm sure they. Uh, I just assuming I know the mechanics of Hearthstone. I'm assuming they do a thing where they put like shitty monsters out to attack it on their side, so they double it or something like uh, that. No, like you can't like attack your own monsters, but there okay. are spells okay. that you can. Like damage your own stuff with. Right. Like mages just have like this ability they can use any time that damages anything. Only one, <laughs> like only one health. Yeah. So like that's perfect with that. Yep. Wait, their oh, attack man. only damages for one like, health. Like, ma- like mages, mages have like a special ability that only damages for one health. Is is that just like, to like if you need some strategic reason to like eat a turn? Well, I mean it's 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 for only, stuff it's like. Only like it's only like two mana, so it's like not a big investment. Yeah, it's generally I would assume that's used for stuff like I have enough guys to attack this stupid thing that is like a ten ten or whatever the fuck to get it down to to one, but I can't yeah. kill it with all my monsters, so I'll just burn two mana to do this one damage and ensure the kill. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. It's a utility spell essentially. I mean, it, it does damage, but it's like welcome to the TOVG podcast with advanced Hearthstone shreds. Yeah, advanced yeah, well, strats, meaning I never want to play that game. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't jump in because I've never ever played any Hearthstone at all. Uh, it's okay, I, I just, George. Nah, the it's silence. Fun. The fucking silence. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know what to reply. I, it's pretty clear that I haven't either. <clears throat> what? No, you were like talking with him, and I. I'm just think going of off the anything. knowledge of like CCGs in general, like. Well, that's like another thing I'm 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 like disabled with. I I've never <laughs> played. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like I think the last time I actually tried was was when Pokemon was popular. It was the fifth grade. Mm. And that <laughs> and, was, well, okay. That was and it. let's let's all be honest. Any of us who played Pokemon cards when we were younger didn't play the game. Rarely. No. I well, had they, they decided. Cards. They <laughs> decided to build this incredibly complex like game out of cards that like five year olds would buy. Oh yeah, it was like why? Yeah, it's it's pretty complex. I I, I started playing TCG online, Pokemon TCG online, uh, a few months back for some decks related stuff, and it's actually not too complicated. But at the same time. This is coming from the Jimmy who has beaten Braid, Anti-Chamber, Fez, <laughs> like, yeah. fucking, like, I've gone through some shit in video games, so now I can fucking, like, figure stuff out, but the Jimmy at the time, yeah, that prize cards, fucking energy costs and retreat costs. Oh, yeah, you had energy cards. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot yeah, of like stuff to learn. The deck. You, none of the, you guys battled back in the day with Pokemon cards? I tried. I, like, I yeah, I did the thing where, like, 
where like me and my friends were like sat down with our handful of mismatched cards and like pretended to know what we were doing, but nobody actually like played the game and understood. Battling with Pokemon cards was less about battling and winning as much as it was about just like rubbing your collection in their face and saying, I have cooler cards than you. My friends and I just played Yu-Gi-Oh, but with Pokemon cards. That's what I, like, I played. Yeah, I, I played actually Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I was younger. Yeah. That was the only thing I actually Same. played. Oh my god, played. that's that's hilarious. It's just like I guess the demos didn't match up. Like whoever designed the game forgot that like it was Babby's playing with them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That kind of those are kind of flip flopped because Pokemon is an incredibly complex and interesting game. The cards, I mean, uh, but the the demographic is generally like young kids whereas Yu-Gi-Oh if you like fucking look at all the art and the cards and what they are it's like morbid like like gross and grimdark stuff and yet the game is like it's it's like magic but anime like it's but like the game is much more simpler than magic yeah it's like messier it's not like a solid game it's much messier but like it's so simple it's like you know, this monster has attack and defense points and you like put him out like that's like the game and you do your stupid trap card bullshit and then <laughs> it's amazing Exodia. that as complicated as the games got oh, they man. still managed to like be perfect for for kids yeah i mean so it's cartoons I don't know what you're talking man about with pokemon cuz i don't know a single kid who played the pokemon tcg when they were younger well i mean the the game boy games oh the game boy games yeah but like i'm talking about the the card the games card, like yeah. they had no like nobody had any clue what they were doing uh, we yeah. tried though. I'm, I, well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I tried on like at least three separate occasions where like a relative would come over and we try and just give up and play Smash Brothers instead. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Matt, what have you been up to? Um. Okay. Well, I played through Uncharted Three because I totally missed Uncharted Three. Um, oh, you're not I... waiting for the uh, remaster. Um, I didn't know there was a remaster coming out. I thought, oh yeah, I th- yeah, they're doing uh, the trilogy. Jeez, everybody's doing a remake. Not to say, yeah. not to say I don't <laughs> want it because it. Looking at Uncharted Three, I was like, man, this this was good graphics back in the days. This kind of looks uh, kind of a little dated, you know? Like, really? I, I don't really look. Yeah, it, it's it's not that it's dated. It's more because it's shaggy, mm. you know. And I guess you know, playing on a much smaller TV might be a little bit better for that. But like, uh, so it looks better on my little 720. Oh, TV. you mean the resolution? Yeah, I stretch it mm-hmm. out of you know on my humongous like well it's not huge but like it's a 1080p screen and it's, you could see the jaggies and I'm like I hate jaggies I I will I like it on my 3ds you know I don't want it anywhere else you know not when I'm playing I don't, I, don't I, I absolutely hate how when you upgrade a TV you end up downgrading so Your many experience. other experiences that were on yeah. before like that happened yeah. last gen when. Your um, SD games all of a sudden look awful on an HD TV screen, and the the uh, effect is less pronounced when you're going from 720 to 1080, but it's still like there. It is blurrier than it was before. <clears throat> yeah. You know, just to be fair to Uncharted, that game came out in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Also, for sure. I, I'm scared for sure. through screenshots. It still looks good. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I it, it's really distracting. It distracted me, but it didn't take away from me enjoying it, and I. I, I, I haven't met anybody else who likes Uncharted, but I guess I'm like the only one in my group of friends that's like, like Uncharted. I like Uncharted. Um, 
it, it's just it uncharted is is a simple game where you just it just you you're on a ride okay you're on a you, ride you press forward and the movie happens and the movie happens and it, different interesting things uh they they like uh, <clears throat> animate different things w- to happen while you're playing the game like uh, you know when you see when you see in the trailer where he knocks someone over and their gun floats in the air and you grab and you start shooting with it like that type of stuff was happening already in other games uh and and that's basically the whole game where little bits and pieces of that unique gameplay pops up and you just kind of roll with it you're like oh okay this happened oh i punched him outside of the window but you'll like never see that again and that's but but that's basically the game and that's what they probably spend all their time on is those little unique little if you punch him over here he might do this if you punch him over here you might flush his head in the toilet like it's you know those little things and you're just on this rail of crazy cart like it's cartoony how crazy the action gets yeah i mean like like it seems like it seems like uh, you guys ever watched the movie Savannah? I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, with Matthew yeah. McConaughey. It seems That's like a, that is a really good description of Uncharted, actually. It, it just seems like that in in game form, like it's like pretty much standard, like Indiana Jones esque like idea, and then there's a whole bunch of like base, crazy set pieces that in. happen. It's basically yeah. he's basically Nathan Fillion as well. Like the story right. goes the same uh, well, way as well from Firefly. It's it's ridiculous. But I my, also my only wait, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I know, you go ahead. I was gonna. I, I was about to change because so. the, the 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 second oh, game okay, I was playing okay. was Fallout One. But go ahead, what you were gonna say? Yeah, uh, my only problem with like the Uncharted series are like they have these sections where the difficulty just increases so much, <laughs> like so dramatically, and only for this one section. Like, I remember I, I played all these games with my friends back when I was in high school and there would be sections that would take us hours to get past because like they just decided to throw 30 enemies at you in a room. That is the worst part of Uncharted. It's not It's not only that the enemies, there's so many of them, it's that the fact they're so spongy. Like they don't yeah. die from yeah. head. Like if you oh, shoot them in God. the head, That's a real they don't problem die. with like a lot of like basic regenerating health cover shooter style games like all of a sudden there will be one part of of all the battles that just like feels like it was not delicately managed or play tested at all compared to the others oh it was yeah that's i have horrible memories of that scene in spec ops where you wake up from some crazy hallucination with just a deagle and and you do that like i i've retried like three parts of that game, like twenty times, whereas the rest of the whole game was just a smooth, solid ride. That's uh, that was really the thing that put me off from Halo Four when I was playing it because I, I beat all the other Halos on Legendary, you know, several times, single player and multiplayer. And so I was like, you know what, Halo Four, I'm just gonna do it Legendary. Like, why not just jump in to difficult game comfortable? Thing, yeah. And then like, ha- uh, like maybe three or four levels into the game, you start meeting the Prometheans. I think they're called. Um, yeah. Or- and the fucking like the, they have like the fodder enemies but then the like the, the elites essentially the Prometheans version of the elite like the other guys who have guns and have like like human-esque AI mm-hmm. they're just like like fucking drains for your bullets like you just shoot it and all your bullets just like get drained out into, into nowhere and do nothing like literally you have to waste like three or four clips of like powerful guns to take them down 
And, uh, and, it was and just that's like, not fair. No, it, it's just I mean, agonizing. that is hard. It, yeah. <laughs> you got I, what you signed up yeah. for, but it's also I, not interesting or fair. Yeah, I, Grand Theft like, Auto Five does that too, like in the heists. Oh, yeah? It's ridiculous how much some enemies take, but yeah. Yeah, I've got a few times this weekend with that as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I play game? through... I, I usually uh, Grand play Theft Auto Five. Oh. Got the bottom, yeah. It, uh, oh my gosh, it, we died multiple <laughs> times on the heist, and then uh, the random we had one random will always leave. But on Halo, uh, Halo Four, uh, me and my friend go through legendary every single time a Halo comes out, and we right. run into those same issues where it's just like, okay, all right, we're just gonna have to stand back in this corner. Like this is not fun because we played through Halo One like this, and it's just like, you, you know, it felt it felt like. If you aimed at their head, they you could defeat those uh, yeah, the elites really had, quickly, and the spots. shield would pop off. Yeah, or, it, or like even elites that were fully shielded, like you could just corner them and spam them if they had no cover, and and they'd be fine. Like the super duper big armored ones had a little weak spot on their back. Like you always had a way out. Yeah, but like there was there was so much push and pull with that. Like th- those are the hunters, and they made them harder in the later games. Like in Halo Two and Three, they weren't as like easy as one because in halo one you get one good shot with a pistol on their back and they go down which yeah. is really weird but like yeah like the elites were like the perfect enemy for halo where like you hit them in the head enough and their shield pops early and you could like bum rush them from there and even on legendary you'll like if their shield pops that like you've done the hard part now you go in and, and confirm the kill but like prometheans didn't have that shit you just you just sponge in an entire shotgun clip and then pray that they don't shoot you more before you reload. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, like, it's just like easy ugh. to make an enemy that is like, quote unquote. Well, yeah, it, I, I was going to put hard in quotation marks, but no, it's just like easy to make a hard enemy. Yeah. That just has high numbers attached to it rather yeah. than hard strategies attached to it. Yeah. And I think it wouldn't have been so much of an issue, but there's no there's no like uh, rotation to like their the things that they do. They just shoot you infinitely, and they right. can move really fast, so they can back out of the range of any of your weapons that do decent damage. And they had some bullshit where it was like, they don't get as much damage by plasma weapons, so you have to use bullets, but bullets <laughs> are like, you all you have is like the spread weapons, and then they run away, and so it's like, okay. So what you're saying is, use the least inef- least effective thing possible, and they can outrun me. This is good. I yeah, enjoy it's this. Not, this is fun. It's not fun. Uh, by the it's way, nice. the remedy, yeah. the the Uncharted thing, it, it, you put it on easy. You know, uh, if you don't care about achievements, <laughs> then just put it on easy. And, and then you really just just mm-hmm. hold it forward and let the, the movie play. play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's it, it's uh, I mm, that that annoyed me because it Halo up uh, not Halo uh, Uncharted two. I, I felt like it was a little bit better with that, but hey, but Uncharted three was just. I don't know. Too spongy. But halfway through the game, I was like, okay, what, what, what's going on here? I'm shooting them in the head, and they're just like, like, oh, that, that felt good. And it, no. Yeah. No. That tickled. No. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're tickling them. Yeah. Mm-mm. I've been yeah. scrolling through screenshots this whole time, and I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. This game looks really good when it's not, like, blown up on a giant TV, I yeah, guess. Of, well, yes, of <laughs> the, course. These sand dunes, man. These sand dunes. I can't wait to play it and see these sand dunes. I mean, I'm just holding down hold down forward and let the let the movie play but i mean you'll have some some great sand there, dune tech to look at actually, while you do it there's actually a part of that game where i didn't realize a cutscene had ended uh-huh. <laughs> like right like, oh like, it's a super happens. cinematic part they were trying to do the whole lawrence of arabia thing but i was like oh, oh i'm playing uh, better hold forward i think i know what you're talking about too yeah yeah it's like oh it's, okay. it's 
It's he like starts right scratching his head. The desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that like, happened. Oh. It, that there's like only two separate degrees of separation between you and people who like have to put on the E3 presentation because yeah. <laughs> they didn't know either. <laughs> oh gosh. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's I, why I, I, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. I was saying I heard the story behind that was like the, just, their controller just broke. Yeah, and they were like, ah, no. Yeah, it was just uh, it was a controller problem at like last well, second. It was still I, that's going to be a funny story in the I, future, though. That's that's, and that's why I kind of stand by like the Uncharted Four gameplay. I I feel like if it was, I don't know if it was done live. I don't know, but if it was, I think like the way they do their design for the game, I feel like that. The way it was shown is probably what could happen when you're playing the game because of the yeah. way they make the Uncharted games and how they just they just kind of that's just what they do. Like it, it mm-hmm. what 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 is what are they doing? Why, why are they taking so many so much time, so many years to make a game if all it is is just a big damn movie? Like all those things is is the full experience is the game is you just on this path well, and making it yeah, feel you like gotta, you're making choices through your gameplay. Got to account yeah. for a movie that looks good from any angle that that still looks good no matter what stupid things the director's trying to screw up right. along the way. It's right. it's a lot more complicated. <laughs> Or yeah. I guess like a lot more demanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Jimmy, that, what have you been up to? Oh, sorry. sorry. Well, I was just gonna comment on the the Uncharted Four demo mm-hmm. when um, it like just popped in my head what that demo reminded me of. Now in hindsight, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time when I was watching. Uh, you know the part where they get in the car and they're going down the hill and that armored <laughs> car is like chasing them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they like they like keep like taking a different path and the armored car like cuts them off again and you're like okay and they do that like 14 times in a row yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh have you guys seen the second hobbit movie yes no yes yes okay i'm the only one all right well uh to everybody but george you remember the part <laughs> where bomber is in a barrel and he's rolling down the, the sides of the river right when everyone is in the barrels and he's just like he's like knocking over orcs in his barrel by accident but it goes on for two minutes straight Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is that's what I feel. Uncharted for a <laughs> Hobbit's end. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> Not that it's necessarily a bad thing. I think that part dragged way too long, and the joke stopped being funny very quickly. But that's what like it um, reminded me of is that that, they, they, they they had had a, that was originally the middle of the movie, so they had to like span that out mm. to make it into an end. But yeah, did you know? There you go. Did you know? Oh my god! Just like the burnt out ass. Did you know? <laughs> so done with trivia. Uh, Jimmy, go. what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. I played some wow. Smash the other night for the first time in a while. Yay! Uh, uh, was... Did you check out the new characters? I Ryu. played against them. I did. Oh, you know, I I did play as as Ryu once. Yay. So cool. Uh, how how is he? He's, it's pretty cool. Um, I like his novelty mechanics, which if you don't know what they are, um, he can either use he can use his his B, his mm-hmm. side B, and his up B as uh, Hadouken, Tatsumaki, and Shoryuken, or he can input the, uh, the, the Street Fighter inputs using right. the A button. So you can do like quarter circle forward plus A, and you'll do a Hadouken quarter circle oh. or uh, the Z punch and A and you'll do a, a short you can it's like so so wait he down, also just down. does those with like much simpler side B's yeah if uh, you want to use the more complicated inputs are more powerful 
Uh, yeah, you can oh, change well, the. Okay, never mind. That makes sense. I was like, why the did they just copy paste the same move on two different inputs? Because but no, you like, like, like if you get a, if a bonus from the harder one, then yeah, that makes that. I got, I, 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 I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and so he's pretty cool. Um, like a lot of his stuff feels like a good representation of Street Fighter mechanics put into Smash. Which is weird because like, Smash is like the antithesis of. Yeah. Any normal fighting game. Yeah, it's based just on like, Street Fighter. Like they transferred him in very smoothly. He doesn't feel out of place. He feels like a Smash Brothers character. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it was well I done. I didn't get to play anybody else. I, I played against Lucas and Roy, um, and that was like you know just played against them, whatever, big deal. Uh, my puff is pretty on point though. I didn't lose my touch. I'm still pretty good with the with the jigs. Oh really? Oh yeah. well, that means I'm gonna have to keep practicing because <laughs> SGC is happening in two yep. weeks. We are oh, gonna crap. have. We're, we're already planning. Me and Austin are already planning like a big tournament. Is there is there an official Smash tournament there? There will be in our but, room. Yeah, we we will have one. So well, I guess just because I'm saying because like last year there was plenty of tournaments. There was uh, Street Fighter Four or uh, Third Strike. Um, a couple other fighting games, Killer Instinct, I think they had. Um, so, I mean, if there's an official Smash Four tournament, I would like to be in that. Yeah, I, I gotta um, get in the trenches for two weeks now. I got my um, game game mm. uh, adapter. I'm ready to go. So, I'm so ready. Um, smash you all! I'm smashing you all. Speaking of SGC, real quick before we move on to other games, uh, the schedule came out, and I'm pretty happy with how it's looking. Did you guys get a chance to yeah, check it yeah, out? Yeah, I saw that What's too. Going on? I'm really happy they uh, they haven't stacked any like panels this yeah, time. Yeah. But last time, uh, the one that I remember specifically because I was so upset was uh, right. They scheduled Team Four Star Hidden Block and the decks all at the same time. Yes, yes, I remember that because I was the decks and. <laughs> 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 I had to compete with fucking Team Four Star and literally an equally sized Pokemon channel as part of Hidden Block. So like, <laughs> like the Dex panel would, would not bad, all things considered. But like, I feel like we would have gotten a much bigger turnout had we not been scheduled against like two really clashing guys. Yeah, um, yeah the only things that overlap as far as panels go are panels and the signings. Mm-hmm. So like. Uh, it ki- it still kind of sucks for for both the decks and completionists this year because uh, the decks is sandwiched between Digino Gaming and uh, Peanut Butter Gamer. No, no, Digino Gaming and Pro Jared, or one of those. I don't remember really, which one. Uh, Digino Gaming is like the first one in the morning on Saturday. Yeah, yeah and then the decks, and then I forgot who. It, I think oh it's Peanut yeah, Butter yeah, because because you were like, oh, I get you got you have to leave. The Digino gaming panel early. Right, because I'm going to have to be setting up. But, like, it's cool that there is no actual overlap to where, like, if you run after you get out of a panel, you can get to the next one, and you can just go through all the panels if you want, which is kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, I'm really hyped for SGC and a possible Smash tournament. I really don't think I've played any other video games this week. I played WoW for, like, ten minutes. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. That I mean, Smash time. is, like, still relevant. What is not smash. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, are oh, we talking oh, about oh, WoW oh, now? I, uh, I played I played Terraria. Yeah, oh, first they had time. a big update. Yeah, they had, they had a huge update. You can mount so your like, friends now. Yep. So like uh, a few friends and I <laughs> like jumped in. We played for a few hours. See, it was a lot of fun. I've never played it before. You played on you hardcore, played Terraria, right? Ever? No, this was like the first. The only like experience I had was Terraria uh-huh. Hardcore uh-huh. Uh, on Peanut Butter Gamers gameplay thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I wish I had known because I I always need an excuse to get back into Terraria. I yeah, have very I agree. fond memories from it a couple years ago. Same. Uh, I remember essentially just around the time that Redigit stopped updating Terraria originally and said he was done with the game and he was never going to update it again. It was over and finished. Uh, me and my friends picked it up in like a four pack and we played a good 70 hours on like a team, like a, a co-op server and like we did all the bosses and we like beat the wall of flesh and everything and it was like a huge cool thing that we did and then uh, you know we just ended there and then like six months later Redigit was like alright I'm oh. back I'm updating <laughs> so what's happening with Starbound now I don't fucking know I haven't heard but anything yeah, it's, from it's it. getting a little confusing all, all that I know is that I have not played since Redigit's first big update back on Terraria and I know that there's a whole bunch of new things, and now there's another big update, and it's like, I'm getting to that point, Terraria and Minecraft are very similar in this in this regard, where I could just like wait five to six months, play the game again, and it will be an entirely different experience because of all of the shit that they've added since I last it's played. It's a good feeling. Yeah. It's uh, kind of that infinite value of those really open sandbox games, so, especially ones that keep getting updated. For free. Forrest, I don't know if you've done this before, but it's like super duper fun to just like get a laptop you don't care about, leave it in the corner of your room, open a server on it, and then just close the window <laughs> and, and give all of your friends the the um, server address and like keep a persistent world with your buddies that yeah, is that's, drastically that's like different we every time you log in and see them again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's, that's what me and my friends we're doing. Played. Like Jeff opened up a, a server, Ugh. and like, it's it's great. We I'm have jealous. a little house. I could probably <laughs> get you in on that. Like, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm interested. I mean, I don't know if I have time to, but I would be so down to play Terraria with you guys. That's the beauty, it, it's, though. It's not my server. I'll ask, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 like, that's that's the beauty of having an open server like that is. As long as as not enough or not too many drastic things happen when you're gone, you can just log on and go on your own little like spelunkin quest down into a random cave, get a magic boomerang and some rocks, and build a little bit more of your house. And like that could be your your fun on Terraria, your you know twenty minutes or whatever it, that it, you have. It also fosters a feeling of community because yes, you go down on your spelunky <laughs> quest, you end up with a bunch of extra bullshit you don't want, so you put it in the community chest for everyone else. <laughs> It's really, well, I don't know if you guys yeah. did that or not, but but my server had rules. goddammit. Yeah, we, we were we were <laughs> a society. No, yeah, we, we had we had a a, a chest like room uh -huh. where we had our very important chest and our not very important chest. And the golden chests <laughs> and the, yeah, the golden, the golden chest, chest and the black room. chests. Yeah, um, I specifically remember at the end of uh, the server that that me and my friends had made. We finally, like, we beat enough of the game to where we just wanted to, like, start building crazy stuff. And we figured out how to use, like, wires and, like, pressure pads and everything. And, uh, in the last hurrah of the server, I, uh, I wired the entire, like, set of, of houses that we built, our entire, like, mini town and everything to blow up with explosives. Like, enough explosives to set the entire thing into just never will it exist ever again. Everything's gone. Um... And we had this one friend who we would always fuck with by taking his torches out of his house. And so we took the torches out of his house and we put the pressure pad right where the torch would be. And so uh, 
we all just waited around until he logged on. He's like, oh, fuck you guys. And then he walks down into his house <laughs> and steps on the pressure pad and the server crashed. <laughs> the server crashed? Oh, gosh. <laughs> there was too much TNT for the server to handle. So oh, it just, no. Yeah, it just died. And our friend had to reboot it and we came back on and there was literally like a one by one square where he was standing and the rest of it was just like a gaping hole like good times <laughs> yeah why didn't it blow up the square where he was standing? i don't i don't know something to do with how the server crashed i'm assuming but it was just like the greatest way to send off our server after we like finished all the tasks was just like you know like blow it uh, v for vendetta style well so, so very quickly before we break for commercial, I just want to say that um, I'm, I'm still working on my Witcher stuff. There's no way I can do these one a week. But um, I'm halfway through the second book now, and I gotta say, I'm, I'm having a whole lot more fun with this <laughs> second Witcher book than mm-hmm. I was with the first. Because, I mean, the first one wasn't bad. It was like, uh, I don't know, like a good 7 out of 10. But I also did not see, like, a lot of the appeal that, um people who were reading it in their native language would have noticed. Like, when I was done, I was reading a whole bunch of comments um, and reviews of it, and it's, like, amazing how many things that you miss. Like, there are jokes in here about, like, silly Soviet propaganda slogans mm. that that no one would know unless they they lived during <laughs> that time and, like recognized it from all the posters that were everywhere. Right. There are some like little um sayings, some quips, some truisms mm-hmm. that aren't just like copy pasted into the book, but rather kind of poked poked at by the situations that the characters are in. Mm-hmm. That um it's it's like really solid good wordplay that you would not have been able to translate over into English. Um, I'm gonna see if I can look up one now. There's there's something about uh, a saying where Polish people say, <clears throat> where the devil says good night is is a Polish saying that refers to a place that's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And there's this story in the first Witcher book that takes place in a village that they nicknamed the Edge of the World because it's right next to a huge range of mountains that have just like unclaimed no man's land beyond it. Mm-hmm. And there's a little character who they refer to as a devil because he's this little goat looking creature. Mm-hmm. And he ends the story by saying good night. And see, see, that's like poking fun at this saying that they're in the middle of nowhere and there's just like one more joke about what a like nowhere podunk town they have to spend this story in. Right. But you wouldn't notice that unless you were familiar with the Polish saying <laughs> that where the devil says good night is some middle of nowhere d- d- stupid place to be. <laughs> that's fucking it's like multicultural. It's, it's really clever. And, and there's it's it's like so obvious that you would not be able to appreciate that if if you know if you did not grow up speaking the language and getting these these sayings and, and aphorisms right. um, implant, implanted on you. But the second book, actually, I'm enjoying it a lot more, and I don't know if it's because it's a better translation or if because the book just has less to lose in translation. But this time, 
it's uh, really kind of amazing seeing how much more of an actual legit character Geralt seems like. I'm really interested to see if his if his video game version develops as the series goes on, which which I guess Matt would know all about because he's gone through all three games now, and I'm yeah, still boy. just now getting ready to begin two. And in the games, Geralt is uh, emotionless and stoic, partially for the sake of role playing and partially to keep it easier on the writers because they just kind of like pull this amnesia subplot out of their buttholes for the sake of the games. <laughs> but there's this really cool thing going on in the second book where a, a band of characters named the Crimson Reavers show up. Mm-hmm. And in the very beginning of The Witcher 2, you find the Crimson Reavers and they're like, oh, Geralt, we remember you. And then one of them like pokes another with his shoulder and says, shut up, we don't want him to remember in the book the crimson reavers are a huge pile of shit they're these terrible people who like betray our character and and go messing with his woman it's horrible but anyways um you wouldn't know that if you hadn't read the book Mm -hmm. so in the game they give you some choices that you can play around with these characters with where someone who did not know what these characters did in the book might take sympathy on them and help them out or someone who did read the book and knows what terrible people these crimson reavers are might be able to have an opportunity to like take their petty revenge on them because in the games the Geralt is amnesiatic is that a word he has amnesia he doesn't remember what these characters did in the book continuity right so it's like kind of up to the player to interpret how they should deal with the memories of these characters they might not even have memories of, which is thematically relevant because in the games, Geralt does not have memories of these characters. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's kind of That's, like serendipity. Yeah, I love it. Brilliant at the same time. <laughs> And, and it's like, I can't tell if it's brilliant or, like, just a, a stroke of luck that the writers happened on, but I'm really, like, like seeing references being made in these games to these books is is really interesting because they're framed in a way where the people who made the games know that the majority of their players would not get the references at all. Right. Which is kind of why I like the first game so much more is because there's... It, it, it it's just a much better introduction to all the stuff that the second game kind of assumes you know mm-hmm. but oh it's it's a trip i'm i'm yeah, yeah my, my heart is melting while going through this book i'm i'm having a lot more fun with it than i was the first book i'm i'm actually really really enjoying this book there's definitely something uh something special to be said about like like uh essentially you know the reference that nobody's supposed to get like it, it's kind of like artists work for the artist and they're just like like, I'm going to put this here. It makes me happy. Maybe somebody will find it, but I don't really care if they do, because it's just, like, it's my own joke to me. Right. And then, like, you know, somewhere down the line, some guy from Georgia is reading the book and realizes <laughs> that it's a Polish saying that doesn't translate, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I've just... Usually when, when you have, like, references put in, they're kind of, I don't know, groan-worthy, but this thing with the Crimson Reavers, I mean, I, like... That's that, great. That blew yeah, my I, I mind like because yeah. your lack of the player's lack of knowledge about these characters is like a shared experience with the characters. Yeah, like in hindsight, <laughs> looking back on it, you were the most immersed person in that video <laughs> you game. You just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so stuff. yeah, it's really it's really clever and neat. I'm like I said last week, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, and I'm glad I, I took it up, even though it means I pretty much have this weekend now to power through the entirety of The Witcher 2. Good luck. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. Uh, I, I, that that is a game to get lost in, my friend. Be yes. careful. Yeah. 
Well, I've it done may, it before. You may come out the other side with white hair and scars. You may, uh... Oh, no. You may... <laughs> you might want to get through it fast so you can actually celebrate your independence from it on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've done it before, and, I mean, I, I'm thinking it's going to be, like, a good 24 or 25 hours on my second playthrough, because now I know what to do. But I'm also going to do all these different choices, which means I'm going to end up in a totally different town and stuff i, I can't I'd, wait to I see know. though how i, I don't yeah, know yeah, man. Yeah, i was Matt doing knows. the review series uh, it took me a lot longer it's it just it's, oh, oh i don't want to do this oh i went oh side quest side quest and yeah, that's it man that's it then you're like gonna, you're, you're you're sitting there in your underwear with cheeto stains and it's <laughs> 2 a.m in the morning okay so well, let's Careful. see. It looks like my first playthrough took 36 hours. That's what Steam's saying. So maybe on my second playthrough, I can whittle that down by 10 because I'll know what I'm doing, I hope. But it's the third game that I really have to worry about because I'd like to get it done before SGC, and that's in two weeks. And yeah. you're already no, laughing. Dude. No, yeah, no. good fucking luck no. is all God I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know how long they, I, I told I told everyone a week, a week, and I'll have the review out. You know how long it took me? Mm -hmm. it took me over three weeks. Okay, three weeks to so, finish that so game. So basically, triple my expectation. Yeah. God damn it. Okay, fine. Well, I'm also going to be reading um, Blood of Elves at the same time, which is probably only going to increase the amount of hours I have to dedicate to this this freaking Witcher. I was just going to we'll say, see. it sounds like a bad idea. Reading the book? Reading another book while you're taking on The Witcher 2. No, no, I'm going to be... Re I, I want to read a book and play a game at the same time as I go through this trilogy. Good luck. I know. Thanks. I, I'm going to need it. It sounds really weird saying good luck when I'm basically playing video games and reading, like, schmaltzy pop fiction, but, but no, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to go through. Anyways, um, we're going to take a quick bathroom break, do some uh, messages, and we will be right back. The Bush. Would you want to play the hottest, fastest, most advanced fighting game ever? Forget everything else and play Doom 2 on your PC. No other game gives you the incredible realism, the 360 degree smooth scrolling, and explosive action like Doom 2. It's easy to start playing, but it won't let you stop. Doom 2, it will consume you. Play solo against the computer, against the buddy by modem, or online in an awesome four-way deathmatch. Doom 2, playing in a PC software store near you. We've already we've already passed it, my friend. It's in the past. We have passed it. <laughs> we are back at the TOVG podcast uh, for our news half. We have five big confusing stories that we have to get through in about thirty minutes because I have <clears> a, <throat> uh, a a a date. I don't want to be late for a date after this podcast. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very very first power lunch. Shut yeah. up. The very first <laughs> one. At eight o'clock. Okay, oh my god, you guys, okay, go. we're already a week behind on this topic. No, 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 Destiny, the Taken King, has zigzagged Push. on his DLC policy following a controversial interview with a guy named da -da 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 -da. Luke Smith, Luke Smith, who is the creative director of uh, the Taken King. So this is a DLC package for Destiny that was um, heavily marketed during E3, but during E3, Eurogamer got in touch with the creative director of it and started questioning about him about their questionable pricing policies for this DLC. It's yeah. basically like an, an incredibly weird pricing scheme going on here where I, I think the expansion by itself is $40, but there's also a... a bundle that includes previous DLC for $60, which is it's, like the uh, same price as the base game. It's it's actually um, 
all of that stuff on the on the page was in pounds, I believe. Uh, oh yeah, which the, means you have to like convert because Euro right. gamer they the, can't use dollars. Essentially, the pricing is the Tanking King DLC by itself is full price new game sixty dollars. Uh, wow. And sixty dollars. Yeah, and the legendary edition, which is eighty euros, is uh, clocking in around one hundred twenty-five dollars, and that includes right. uh, Destiny, both the other expansions, and the Taken King, and some unique content. To yeah, only that version. This, this is where a lot of fans got upset. Is that basically? Right, rightfully so. Uh, okay, well, basically to re to to get all of the exclude. To get all of the new stuff they've released for this Taken King pack, you would have to rebuy a super expensive collector's edition of the game all over again to get... I, I, I don't know. I mean, three emotes. They also say three class-specific emotes, so I don't know if that means that it's, it's, there are three um, emotes in total or if it's three times however many classes there are in the game. It's stuff that does not affect the, the combat mechanics of the game. It's, it's well, purely cosmetic the, and visual. The emotes don't, the armor doesn't, but there's also some quote-unquote exotic class items that, um... I, I, I don't... It's kind of implied that they might be uh, some sort of XP-boosting... Um, Items. I don't know if that means weapons or armor or something. It's really hard for me to talk about this because I'm not super into Destiny. I don't think... Are, are any of us here? Uh, not really. I know, so I we might be full of shit when talking about this, but this Whoa. is still a, a fun and interesting story that involves a corporate bigwig looking like an asshole on the internet. Which she definitely did look like an asshole because in the interview, the, the Eurogamer person, I have to say, like... They they like lost their cool a little bit into it, but they really tried to like coax a very like civil answer out of Luke Smith for the entire interview. And after a while, they just dropped the facade and they were like, because they're essentially what they were trying to do was be like, okay, the Eurogamer guy was he admitted he's like I'm a, I'm a fan. I play Destiny a lot. Like I'm you know have all the expansions and I'm really into it. Like I want those emotes and the cosmetics and stuff from the Ultra Legendary Collector's Edition. However, I don't want to buy Destiny and the two previous expansions again, but that is currently the only way that you're allowing us to do that. I, and he, he was like, eventually like Luke Smith kept like dodging, and then he was like, look, what I'm saying is, I'm willing to pay money for the emotes and cosmetics. <laughs> like, I, I'll like, I'll just buy them. But... I'm not gonna rebuy a game I already own. And then Luke Smith was like, "Well, really, it's about value." And the guy was like, "No, I'm. I don't want to buy a game I own." Is what I'm saying. Like that's what you're. That's what you're saying. Like us year one supporters who have supported this game that is essentially people are calling like way under content for what it was, you know, claiming to be. Right. You're like we burning us by giving new players stuff that day one supporters can't have we, we we have a very brief transcript cut out on um on the outline so i have a proposal for you jimmy okay what if we reenact this very very quickly <laughs> you right. play the part of Eurogamer. i sure. play the part of luke smith Great. starting with i get that it is big but it is also this uh second block quote i have on okay. our outline all right so uh i i uh, jimmy and taking the place of the Eurogamer. <laughs> Uh, interviewer and uh, George is going to be Luke Smith. So <clears throat> I get that it's big, but also the same price as the base game. 
That had four areas rather than one and more missions than the Taken King. So why is it the same price? All I could do is answer that with the same thing I just gave you. We're really comfortable with the value we're giving players this autumn. I believe that once we begin to share more, players will be even more excited. And for existing players, it also comes with the Founders Pack with a new Sparrow shader and emblem. Just not the emotes, though. It, it, it doesn't, because they come with the Collector's Edition. Alright, final question on the prices. Is it also the final question on the emotes? I'm not going to mention them again. I can't get them. But you can get them if you buy the Collector's Edition. I'm not going to buy that game and the two DLCs all over again. Okay, but first I want to poke at you on this a little bit. Uh, okay, poke at me? You're, you're feeling anxious because you want this exclusive content, but what? you don't know yet how much you want it. The notion of spending this money <laughs> is making you anxious. I can see it. I do want them. I would buy them. And if I fired up a video right now and showed you the emotes, you would throw money at the screen. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? What a douche. Yeah, yeah you guys so, can see why this may have gotten a little bit of backlash. Yeah, yeah. So, so Luke this Smith... Guy is, this guy is a professional, like, PR person? No. Well, he's, he's a creative, no, he's a video game developer. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. If he was a PR person, he should be fired. Yeah. I mean, what, what he did was write a new blog post on, on the Destiny page saying that, wow, I really came off as an asset, so what we're going to do is offer our veteran players something even better than the Collector's Edition for the new players. And guess what that turned out to be? Uh, what is it? The opportunity to buy the same extra content for $20. Okay, see, I can hear the trepidation in your voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I will say, <laughs> business practice, don't really agree with it. Prices, way too much. However, this is what was asked for. And mm -hmm. the apology that, that Bungie gave is like, it's not a, we're sorry that you don't like it. It was literally like, yeah, the things that I said were shitty. I like, I'm an asshole in that. Like, I'm sorry for that. It was a real, <laughs> like legit apology that was not like dancing around and trying to be like, I'm sorry that feelings are had. It was like, I'm actually sorry for being an asshole. And, the, you know, despite the prices, this is what the Destiny people wanted. We can just buy just it. Saying, and, and, though, just saying, though, at the same time, it's three emotes, three armors, and three exotic class items for $20. Agreed. Agreed. I, like, granted. But I feel like if that's going to be the main thing that we pick at, then we can go to fucking town on Team Fortress 2 and they're, you know, $8 of real money to get a pair of cosmetic shoes that only the scout can wear. Well, at least the base game's free. Right. That's, you know, granted. But I'm just saying, the guy that your gamer was like, I just want to, like, just give me the opportunity to buy him. I'm a big enough fan, I'll buy him. And after, like, getting enough backlash, Destiny, the Bungie guys were just like, you know what? We'll just let, him to, this, let it buy him. I don't know, this strikes me more as a, like... Well, they want to fucking buy it. Fucking put it out for 20 bucks to see if they'll do it. Oh, God, yeah, they'll actually yeah, that, do it. That's like, that's what he said. He said, if I fired a video right now <laughs> and showed you the emotes, you would throw money at the screen. And then, like, three days later, basically, yeah. I mean, it is a substantial amount less than $120. <laughs> It's $100 less than $120. Well, yeah, it's, and... it's $20 plus the expansion, so $80, right. basically. Oh my god, that's... That's uh, a lot of money. Yeah. I wonder, I, I don't know what's that's in the expansion. That's a lot of gas. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of groceries. Oh. Yeah, but it's a lot of health insurance. Here's the thing, though. I never... Uh, like, like I said, business practices, I definitely 
disagree with that because mm-hmm. it's just it's just like Candy Crush style bullshit where it draws you in and doesn't care what your what your money looks like. It'll just take it regardless. Aww. However, however, I know that most of the people that I know who play TF2 and pour a lot of money into it, those guys are like engineers making a high level six figure salaries. And they don't mind throwing away a thousand dollars on the but game. But that doesn't mean all of them are right. But I'm saying that the like whales. Yeah, the whales is is what they're mm, called. But, I hate that term. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just saying like, <laughs> Bungie delivered on the thing that was asked for. If people would have been like, we should just get those for free for being day one supporters. Maybe this would have gone different than allow us to buy them. But. That's what they asked for. That's what they got. It, it really sucks when you like a game, like, and and then the the company does stuff like this, and it makes you makes you question yourself. You're like, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Much less respect for Bungie after this, especially just that interview. Like, you can apologize all you want, but that interview is forever. Like, <laughs> right? And you can't you can't blame the whole company for one person, but still though, right. still it's yeah. just like a oh, yeah. bad taste in your mouth. Speaking of of blaming things on other things, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that segue. Uh, uh, Fortune.com came out with an article um, sourcing some Miyamoto quotes. I don't think Ma- this was an interview, Miyamoto. I don't. I'm, think- I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't think this was an interview feature because they only have like two paragraphs worth of quotes in here, and they're not entirely being like. Super duper specific where they came from. I mean, these might have been conversations with the guy at E3. These uh, might be translations from some other Japanese publication. But basically, um, we we have Miyamoto in quotes here, uh, kind of trying to explain <laughs> what the Wii U. Oh my God! Trying to explain what the Wii U has failed at, and and the primary target is uh, is tablets. He says, because tablets at the time were adding more and more functionality and becoming more and more prominent, this system and this approach, I'm talking about the Wii U, didn't mesh well with the period in which we released it. Uh, He goes on to say that his role in the NX development will be less than his role with the Wii. He's going to be focusing more on software instead of hardware, which that just reminds me, like just a few years ago, weren't we talking about Miyamoto's? Yeah, Miyamoto's eventual retirement? And he's like getting super involved now this year. Yeah, the whole retirement thing was a, a like a mistranslation. He's uh-huh. basically just stepping back. He's not stepping out, mm. which I get because he's like sixty. Which is funny because he's had like more of a present at this year's E3 than than previous ones. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because he had a game to show this time with Star Fox. But mm-hmm. it's yeah. still like this guy's in the news way more than he has been for the past uh, like two or three years. I mean, like. He also had uh, his two original weird games to show last year, and mm-hmm. also Mario Maker. So, oh yeah, Mario Maker. That's right. So he has yeah. been working He's... on technically two games that are about to come out. Right. I mean, he it looks like he is following through on the the statement that he's working more on software, which is good because I mean, like that's what that's what we all know and love Miyamoto for. He's the fucking guy who made Mario and Zelda. Like, he's good at making mini games. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'd like to. I'm, it's cool to see him more focused on games. I want to see what's coming out, especially because Star Fox was great, Mario Maker was great. Like, I'm excited to see those full releases. So I'm excited to see what else he's doing. And um, well, I mean, of course, like when he's blaming things for 
a, a failure of his company's product, he's not really going to want to pin the blame on himself. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a collective groan was heard by a lot of fans upon reading this article. Yeah, I, they were like, I don't yeah, agree. No, I don't agree with the uh, with the notion that the tablet controller is the Wii U's failure. Absolutely not. Absolutely, it's not. not competing with tablets. Even yeah, it's it's uh, it's a I'm, video I'm game reading, console. I'm reading what you said. You think was the like reasons for the Wii U's failure? Oh yeah, yeah, compl- you were completely right. Yeah. Like, bad name, uh, bad marketing, uh, their own failure to fully capitalize on their own game libraries, and then the third party's failure to fully innovate with the Wii U's cool ass controller. Yeah, the controller like, like, specifically, specifically the like thing I'm thinking of is uh, they asked Criterion, the guys who made Need for Speed, mm-hmm. to work on an F Zero game, and they said no, so they just stopped. Oh, like really? Pursuing a, uh, yeah, an F Zero game. Oh god, I gotta read this. I missed that, and that breaks my yeah, heart. Um, I'll, I'll find an article and link it to oh you. Oh my god, Criterion, they did uh, the burnouts too, right? I yes, think so. yes, they did. Holy shit, no way! Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't cry. Those are some of like the best racing games next to F Zero. And like, I think it was they were good to they were like good to approach them. I just linked the article in the in the chat. Oh uh, my god, they were good god. to like approach them for that. But like when they said no because they were busy, they just stopped. Like, yeah. why Ouch. didn't they just move on to someone else? Yep. I mean, Which makes sense because their market for Wii U games would be like a pittance compared to their markets for any of the other two platforms. Yeah. It's just... Uh, oh, God. So much potential. Yeah. I mean, like, we've talked before about the potential of, like, a beat-em-up uh, platinum Val- Captain yeah. Falcon game that wasn't necessarily F-Zero, yeah. but just, like, Captain Falcon being a badass, like, superhero kind of guy. We've talked uh, shout about outs. Criterion doing a fucking like legit F Zero yeah. racer. Like shout outs to uh, my my friend Wally the Legend and Strex. They made a great video about like a beat 'em up Captain Falcon game. Uh, Sorry. No, I need it's, that's. I mean, it's yeah, a um, good thing. I want that to exist because it seems like a logical way to to spin off the game. You know, unlike Frontier Force. But like, I don't know. It's just yeah. There's there's a lot of software that could have filled out the wii u even old software ds games would have been perfect for the thing and they only started that like three weeks ago that's the thing i don't maybe i just don't understand video game development but all gba games should be filling out the 3ds and 3ds is doing Mm. fine but there is something that i read where it was like oh it's really hard to port gba games to 3ds and i feel like that's a complete load of bullshit but I don't know. But I feel like that's a complete load of bullshit. <laughs> I, I know. I, I never I understood. I, they have. They ha- yeah, they they have an amazing backlog that they could just be putting out. Right. Like that shouldn't be a. Oh, we're gonna trickle one out a week. That should be a. Oh, we're going to port all of these, and they're gonna be available in the first few months if you want them. Right. They also, they they don't even have to be like super duper big expensive AAA games filling out this system's library like I remember during E3 that story broke where the um, Metroid the Metroid Prime director was talking about how it would take them like another three years or something to uh, work up a Metroid Prime sequel and it would have to be on the NX because they weren't able to gather the resources and the team in time for the Wii U meanwhile I didn't even notice because I was playing the 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 Wii port of yeah. the Metroid Prime collection, yeah. which which had like two games I've never gotten around to playing. So it was it, it was like stuff like that. I, I yeah. could still be playing my Wii U if there was just more of that. Right. I really need, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I, I still Games need to I've dive missed. into to the Prime Trilogy that I picked up on Wii U because, like, I've never beaten the first one and I've never played the third one. So, like, I still have Metroid games I could play at the same time, just like... And, and the fun thing is, if you play the original GameCube versions, it really kind of doesn't even feel the same because yeah. you have Wiimote aiming. It's, it's right. like a way different control scheme. Yeah. So it doesn't even, like, feel like as straight a port as as what you would have gotten otherwise. So, okay, um... It's that they've also fully fails to capitalize on their own game libraries. Meanwhile, you have third parties failing to capitalize on the Wii U's cool ass controller. Remember, did you guys play Zombie U? No, I, I did not. I remember oh. it. I did not play it, but I've seen it played, and I did like how it how it played. It's super duper cool because yeah. it uses the Wii U's cool ass controller for a bunch of cool ass gimmicks that yep. make a whole lot of sense and add a whole lot to the game, and then nothing like it came out ever again yeah it's it's really weird that <laughs> it was a launch title <laughs> the launch titles were the ones that did the controller best i mean uh nintendo land did it fantastic oh yeah that's N right i still i was playing nintendo land like three nights ago yeah like the ghost game where like one person has to look at the gamepad and everyone else runs around on the main screen like that's cool and like ugh, i don't know there's a lot of potential for that controller especially with a front-facing camera on it and just all kinds of neat stuff to do like I just, it's weird that nothing ever took full advantage of it. Even just um, in the way that, like, New Super Mario Bros. U had you able to play on the game pad, like, exclusively if you wanted to. So you could essentially play through the, the entire Mario Bros. The play feature is great. Yeah, because you and can play through the whole I, game I think, like, while, you're, while someone else that, is, like, that... on a different channel on the TV watching TV. Uh, e e e that's like a fairly common feature that a lot of games use, but you know what is cool as hell? What is cool as hell? The remote play. Like I loved just cuddling up in bed and playing Smash. Yeah. yeah. It was it was so it was so cozy. And it's weird that Star Fox is coming out this I guess at the end of the Wii U's life cycle if the NX is now being talked about as the next hardware, which I'm not. See, that's too that's happy a little about. bit scary. That's scary because I ju we, me and George just bought Wii U, you know? It, it's yeah, for yeah, Smash and everything, and now it might be dying, you know? So now it's just a Smash system to me, and that kind of yeah, sucks. I mean, you know what? I, I had a lot of fun with it while it was there. It reminded me a lot of my Dreamcast days. I actually it, it, sincerely... It flamed hard and burned away really fast. I don't want the NX to be a, a new full console. I know that's like a that's a wishful thinking at this time but i just want the wii u to have like a double length life cycle so they can fill it out they could more. do it they yeah. could do it so so easily Dude, i'd be fine with it there's I have no, no point qualms. there's no point of them putting out another underpowered console i think at this point there's like there's a lot of people who are educated in 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 a way that they they kind of want some of the graphics you know they kind of want things to be smooth kind of like how the p ps4 and xbox is where you can multitask uh, while you're playing games and stuff like that like the wii u had is, is such a such an older console and plus it, like you guys were saying before it, there's no backwards compatibility with you know some of the old games on the on the on the shop so which makes no sense because there's native backwards compatibility with the Wii built into the hardware of this thing yeah. which means there's also native backwards compatibility with the GameCube built into this thing yeah and okay so not to cut you off and not to cut into our time for other topics that we have but I want to pose like a quick question right now yeah. then would you guys mm -hmm. be okay with or would you guys be like angry at or against or uneasy if 
the NX was actually not a new console, but was essentially a plug to your Wii U, like, piece of boost the hardware. So it's like, your Wii U gets a better processor, better graphics, and maybe has, like, a, a dedicated connectivity with your 3DS, and they release games that have, like, a cross-buy that have features that can be played on both. Like a new Wii U? Like new 3DS? <laughs> Essentially, like, like like a Sega 32X. <laughs> yeah, Essentially, right, right. Is, that would be is like a, a a like a boosting type of box that you plug into the Wii U and adds. Marketing is going to be epic for that. I, I think. I, yeah, I'd be okay with that, but like they're never, never, never going to do it because they already failed like differentiating the Wii U. Yeah. From the Wii. Yeah. yeah. Like they would. This would be another thing they'd have to differentiate. But just think that they can call it the Wii Unity. <laughs> oh, it unites so all the systems Absolutely not. <laughs> what, what if they sold a standalone NX that was the Wii U plus the extra expansion box, or like gave an NX expansion that you could turn your know, Wii U into an NX? Actually, it's still confusing. That, so, like, that sounds to me like a good opportunity to make some kids sad at Christmas when they get the expansion because their parents were stupid. <laughs> and, and nothing else. Like, they don't have the Wii U, so they just have a useless, like, plug. That's actually interesting, though, that you call it an expansion, because what if that, like, what does the X stand for? Nintendo... Cross. Cross. Oh. Yeah. Nintendo Cross. Oh. It is That's Japanese. What X, that's what X means in Japan. It's Cross. So, yeah. 3DS Cross Wii U? Well, that that was my thought. It seems like, logical, right? Monster Hunter Cross, or, or like handheld meets uh, console gaming. I don't know, man. This it's just like I love my my Splatoon box, but I don't <laughs> I don't I don't want it's to remember it. Yeah, I can't play Splatoon. Like I don't want to remember it just as that. I don't want to like leave it behind already. Is this what Dreamcast people felt like oh, when the Dreamcast died? Yes, yes, oh, absolutely. Yes, because the Dreamcast was so fun. Up until 2002, and then it just stopped. I feel Power Stone, Shamu. <laughs> but then 2002, like literally December 31st, 2001, was the last day I had fun with my Dreamcast. <laughs> I feel like we're a whole bunch of self-aware dinosaurs staring at the meteor. Yeah. Just waiting. And then we're saying, we've been here before. Remember the last generation of meteors? There's just nothing we can do. And we're just like, well, there, here comes the NX. Holds Wii U very tightly as the meteor just smashes into our face. Yep. In the arms of an angel blaring. No! No, Now I have to think of sad puppies. So instead, I'll think of Nola North accidentally leaking. Uncharted The Last of Us. The Last of Us 2. Yep. If, if you didn't think a sequel to The Last of Us was coming, you're you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, they try to end. I don't know how how many of us have beat The Last of Us. I haven't done it. Don't Twice. Care. Okay. Well, everyone likes to uh, talk up about how to. conclusive the ending is, but I was really surprised that when I actually finished it, it wasn't super. <laughs> or at least it like wasn't as conclusive as as they made it out to be. A lot of a lot of fans. Made it sound like I, I everyone like a, a would character. die. Spoilers: Everyone doesn't like a, actually a, die. I feel like a like from a character standpoint, their stories are done. But like, the world of The Last of Us is very, very like it's it's conducive for like anthology storytelling. That doesn't have like, to do with the same stories like, in that world. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, like, yeah. Walking like there, dead there style. are 
Yeah, exactly. And I really wish Where, there were like, more franchises like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Fallout mm-hmm. does it really oh, well. Oh, God. Fallout is so good about that. Because you can pick up any Fallout and know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You're a vault guy. And if you're aware of, like, the series as a whole, you see little things. They're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, all games should be like that. Yeah, I, I would really like... Um, I mean, like... Okay, sue me for fucking saying this because it's, like, like super hypocritical, Uh-oh. but I would like a Metroid like that. I feel like if they picked up on the bounty hunter of some other kind and not the fucking Federation that no one gives yo, a shit about. Yo, yo, what? Real talk? Yeah. A Weevil game? Fuck yeah. Is he from Hunters? Uh, he's he's one of the Hunters. Like he, I remember Weevil's looking story, at all their designs and they all looked fucking cool. Like, Weevil's story is that he is uh, a space pirate who got fucked up in Super Metroid, so he fucking hates Samus. Okay. And he's like a cyborg. Uh-huh. He'd be, that'd be a fucking great game. <laughs> like, I'd, that would be great. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to, it doesn't even have to do with Metroids. It'd just be same universe, different place. Those kind of games, those like it takes place in something that you're familiar with, but we don't have to make it anything like the game you know. Like that's yo yeah. that one that one dead body you see before Craig's lair in Super Metroid. What's his story? <laughs> oh, Crocomire. Let's <laughs> no no. There's uh, in in Super Metroid right before Craig's lair. Uh-huh. There's just a dead guy on the floor. <laughs> really? Like yeah. I, I, I think I remember what's his this. Story? What's his deal? Do some- it's not acknowledged in any way. You like you just see it and you're like, oh, I like the type. That's of a dead guy. Oh, oh my god! I like the type of if stuff where you, you can see that at the end that he dies in that correct spot, and then you see like Samus come up like at the end of yeah. the game. That would be so awesome. And the last cutscene is like That's so the body like, like hands out, and then Samus just walks by right. and doesn't notice it. Right, right, right. Also, and so it's roll. <laughs> I just want to God. point out, if you fucking... Oh, yeah, there is a dead guy right there. What the fuck are you doing there? Um, yeah, if you type in Super Metroid and then just the letter D, what the top two options. One of them is Super Metroid dead guy before Kraid. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah, the see, other one? Right? Download. Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I... I, I'm really wondering how we got here from Nolan North accidentally blurting out <laughs> during, during a Q&A panel. Parallel games that take place in the same universe but don't have anything to do with the other game. We'll I see. I.e. The Last we'll of see. Us 2, which is what Nolan North leaked in an interview. Because, I mean, I can't really, like, get into it without spoiling, but, I mean, it could go either way, really. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that's um, called, like, The Last of us and it's like left four dead but with like a the last oh, two of us oh gosh oh gosh the second to last of us <laughs> the last among the there's gotta be there's jimmy you're good at puns i tried already i was the first one on top of that <laughs> yeah just the two of us just the two of us <laughs> all right you, you win that's it so <laughs> okay i feel just i feel good about moving on now yeah. we've officially exhausted what was there yeah so um this is another story much like uh the 
the destiny thing that's really super complicated when you start to look into it. Yeah. But still, a lot of people are panicking over give, it. Give the, Australian, the, give the short version because we're, we're running Yeah, yeah. We're, I, I, got a, I, got, I got my date. Yeah. Uh, the Australian government has adopted a new classification model that has uh, seen them effectively banning 220 games in four months. Uh, you can compare that to the 50 games that have been refused classification between the past, like, 20 years. Which, um... The reason why I say this is a lot more complicated and maybe almost like inconsequential when you look at the fine print of the thing is uh, that this this ABC News article, that's the Australian ABC, <laughs> that I was um, primarily sourcing this quip from, uh, has their first sentence saying that titles such as Douchebag Beach Club, Drunk Driver, and Hobo Simulator have been refused classification. And I immediately looked up those games and saw that they were like free Flash games. <laughs> Or, or, like, free on the App Store. Like, stuff that... When, when you have a game refused classification in Australia, you're technically allowed to possess it. It's almost like a weird drug law. You're allowed to possess it, but not to sell it or advertising it, which also means that you're allowed to give it away. Mm. Which means that, like, if it's a free Flash game, then, like, what they they what effectively are they banning it from? If it's, like, on the internet only then it's not exactly, like, subject to the rules of the Australian government. Like, it's easy enough to bypass this stuff, and always has been. Yeah. You can always always import games if you're Australian, or buy them through an international store on the internet, or just pirate them, which, if you're playing Hotline Miami 2, is the officially <laughs> sanctioned method of doing it from the developer. He gives you your blessing to pirate it if yeah. you live in Australia. But anyways... What's going on here is that they are adopting this another really complicated, weird, fishy thing called the um, AIRC, which is the International Age Rating Coalition. And what this is is basically a global pilot program that a lot of countries are adopting, which also includes the USA, as well as the UK, Canada, Brazil, and much of Europe, that isn't necessarily set out to replace the, the regional rating standards of any of those places, but as like a kind of unified standardized tool to just like slap on a website next to a free flash game or something. I, I don't even really know like how these ratings are enforced because if these stupid free flash games are getting rated, then like who whose authority is it to apply those ratings and enforce them? Meanwhile, who's actually rating stupid free flash games? As it turns out, users can do it. Oh. Uh, the tool is um, designed so that developers fill out a piece of paperwork first, that they then submit to a government and that they apply a rating to, and then once that rating's on the internet, users can actually alter it from there. And w w w what's happening here is that the Australian Classification Board is going through such a vast amount of games compared to what they were going through last year that I feel like a lot of these papers are just showing up on their desks. They're skimming through them and either giving like a check mark or an X. Mm. And and oh, I, I I can't imagine why the developers of, of stupid free schlocky flash games mm. would be seeking approval for <laughs> for sales and advertising in the Commonwealth of Australia. But yeah. that paperwork is still showing up on their desks. Another weird thing about this story is that they're going through more games than they were before, 
they're banning more games than they were before, but at the same time, it's still the same percentage of the whole because they're just increasing the total volume of games they're going through because I guess now they're just sifting through the paperwork rather than reviewing them on an individual case-by-case basis. Yeah. One thing is that the the classification board was formerly charging developers in Australia or who were releasing in Australia a $1,600 fee now there is no fee because I guess the developer just gives them a short piece of paper instead. This all seems like a lot of nothing. It, it's weird. It's, and it, it may be a lot of nothing or it may just be like business as usual but being processed with an entirely different method. Like by that what I mean is like this seems like the government equivalent of like busy work. Like, let's change a whole bunch of things, but in the end it really doesn't change much of anything kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? And I don't really know how much it would change. Like, the the IARC, like, do they use different ratings than the regional standards? Like, is is this supposed to to obsolete the ESRB or something? It's just like, it, it seems really asinine, like... Why? I mean, it's I know like they're, not, another... like, they're not like censoring. They're not like preventing it from being like so, like given out. I suppose they are being prevented from being sold. But like, I don't know. Is it just like this thing where like games are continuing to be misunderstood? Is it just like regular artistic medium, like anything else? Like, can this that that is business as usual in Australia? Right, but I just it just seems so like like and this is an argument I use a lot because it's such an easy thing to like put into perspective like can they sell porn in australia i'm assuming yes uh there are ridiculous restrictions on porn in australia really like careful though you have to you have you have to have very large breasts as a woman that is not true i got in a lot of trouble in journalism school over this particular story because i I wrote a paper about it and the teacher was like i looked this up and it literally exists nowhere like it's that rule you and i both got tricked we did it showed up on on the and that was also like what five six years ago it showed up basically only on the website of of some offshoot feminist political party in australia and nowhere else and a lot of times when you see really weird stories like that that sound too weird to be true and only and don't really show up on like mainstream news sources that's that's why is is because it's like it may be in this case like a culture jamming attempt by by a group with a political cause point to prove well i only i only like took it at face value just now because i know that uh europe i don't know if it's europe england somewhere specifically in in that continent i don't know the specific area so i'm not gonna like say with with like certainty but i know they just had a big like porn reform kind of oh yeah that that was that was britain Britain. had one recently the a, a filter which I think also amounted out to be a really weird story that wasn't exactly what it appeared to be on the surface. Well, from what I, I mean, heard, it, you, could it not produce, you could not produce any sort of pornography that had oh, very specific oh, things that were like, like yeah. big, more extreme things just to be general. And people were protesting it with hilariously, awkwardly sexual protests. <laughs> That's where I heard oh, the wait. story. Oh, wait. I think... 
There was yeah, like they, one, like, didn't one want of the people things. Spanking was, was this each one other? of the things that involved like sitting yeah, and yeah. faces? Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. The one. I don't know about that case in particular, but but Australia having a like mandatory boob size standard. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's totally bullshit. <laughs> that, I, okay, I had to. That's uh, bullshit. Yeah. But do they have other stuff that's like very prohibitive on porn? Because then that would put this like banning games that are like slightly like douchebag beach club really like that's like in like insulting enough to get banned or offensive enough to get banned like there must be some pretty strict laws if it's just like across the board when when i looked it up i was surprised it's basically like a mean-spirited parody of jersey shore where you play as this like bronze douchebag who walks into a club and bees mean to everybody <laughs> it, it's like a parody flash game that that was on congregate and it's also free on the app store. Great. And and it's like those things they they aren't really part of the industry. Like there was no violence as far as I could tell there was no nudity. There were yeah. there were just people with buff chests wearing swimsuits and and having glasses and and making a really really easy attempt at saying ho oh, ho ho Jersey Shore is so stupid, isn't it guys? Yeah. It I, I I'm really surprised it, it the stuff they they are are technically quote unquote banning. The reason I put it in quotes is because it wasn't being sold in the first place. The other reason is because it really just feels like this paperwork is showing up on their desk, and they're just just going through the motions. Because like two hundred and twenty yeah, like in said, the past four months, how else does that happen? Work. It's busy work. It's Anyways, busy work. that's all I got. It's we said enough. We the, the people there, understand. Any, yeah. <laughs> Anything else we we need to go over before we before we hang up and move on? Because uh, uh, I think we're, podcast, we're about ready to wrap up. This podcast came out Monday because we were out for Fourth of July, and I had no time oh, to yeah. edit it because I'm literally leaving for my Fourth of July out of town trip in like an hour. So oh, there's no time for to do that unless these guys <laughs> upgraded to like 300 meg upload speed. I'm not going to get these files in time to to. So, sorry for the late podcast. Well, I mean, hope you enjoy the, the yeah, on-time podcast this week. It's, Go see us at SGC o- o- next okay, week. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's right. It's two weeks in the future, and you're talking two weeks in the future. Yep. I yep. have to get ready. I have to play me some Witchers. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going to be doing during Fourth of July. Everyone's going to be having fun, having a barbecue with their family. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in in a room by myself in the dark playing The Witcher. Oh, I know what I have one thing to say about before we fucking end okay. it. Fuck you, Nintendo, for putting Splatfest on fucking July Fourth. Thanks a lot. Oh yeah, that Thank seems you. weird. Thank you for that. I love you, Nintendo, but goddamn, that was the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> Put the, the Japan one on July 4th. Put the EU one on July 4th. Not the fucking North American one. Now all that's... Pe- the only people going to be playing Splatoon for Splatfest on July 4th are all the Canadians. So so whoever... Like, I feel like a war is being yeah, fought look, for me and by and another They're going country. to look at this... They're going to look at this and feel like, oh, well, America doesn't really care. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah there, that's what. Yes, that's true. They're gonna be like, "America doesn't even want to play Splatfest." I want to. I want to do that. I'm gonna be up in the the woods next to a lake. I can't do that. You could have your own Splatfest. <laughs> Throw water balloons at people and pretend I'm having fun. <laughs> All right, angry rant uh, over. All right, bye everybody. Bye. bye. We'll bye. see you next week. Bye. bye. bye.